Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Mastermind.fm. In this episode, I will be speaking to Thomas Medeski from Nord Street and we'll be discussing the platform's offers in terms of business loans and also real estate investments. So this is a platform that has been averaging around 13% returns. So we'll be digging deeper into what they offer, uh, how it works and all the things you would expect us to look into. I'll be joined by my dad as well, Joseph Galea, as you're accustomed to. And together with Thomas, we'll be digging into this platform and seeing which are maybe the main risks and also the opportunities in the Baltic area where North Street currently operates. And yeah, looking forward to this. So make sure you listen to the whole episode and we'll see you at the end. Hi, Thomas, and welcome to Mastermind.fm. Today, we're going to speak about North Street. So I'd like you to start off by introducing yourself, first of all, and the platform North Street and what it does for investors. Yes, so personally, I'm working with crowdfunding and peer-to-peer lending business for the last five years. So my experience comes from a deeper time. I have uh, met and uh, talked with a lot of peer-to-peer lending platforms before as a private investor. So I saw how the service originated, let's say, in Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia, how the platforms came there. In some countries, like in Latvia, Estonia, the market is still not regulated regarding the peer-to-peer lending and crowdfunding. However, let's say if we are talking about Lithuanian markets, so... In the beginning, in 2016, the first peer-to-peer lending platforms that came in our market, we needed to have a peer-to-peer lending license. And in 2018, the Lithuanian Central Bank allowed for crowdfunding platforms also to offer a service for peer-to-peer investors. So right now I'm working with uh, marketing activities at uh, North Street. North Street platform started in 2018, in the beginning of those years. It was and it's still one of the first crowdfunding platforms in the Lithuania market. So far, we have helped raise uh, for 95 business companies uh, the loans, depending on the, on the size of those companies. So far, we have zero defaulted loans, and that's, I could say, a, a very nice number. The returns, uh, I could say, fluctuates from 10 to maybe 13, 14% maximum at this point. But we see a decreasing number that is coming in, in Lithuanian markets. So all the loans that uh, all the businesses that are raising capital right now uh, are expecting to have lower interest rates, let's say, in two years or three years from now. So far, as I mentioned, we reached a nice number uh, milestone. Uh, recently, last month, we raised uh, the first 10 million euros for businesses. So one thing is what uh, North Street is working. It works especially with uh, businesses. In the first case, we started with um, companies that can pledge the real estate. It can be a, a first-rank mortgage or a second-rank mortgage, but most uh, projects that uh, pledged the real estate, uh, it always have been with a uh, first-rank mortgage. So right now we started working with uh, Lithuania and uh, one institutional investor from Lithuania. So basically we also allow for businesses to get a loan with other type of pledge. It can be a car, it can be a truck, it can be some kind of uh, uh, equipment. And those companies are quite smaller ones. 
uh, those companies are looking for uh, small loans starting from 5,000 to 50,000 at maximum 100,000 in order to increase their working capital, in order to buy some kind of equipment and to, in the longer term, increase the profitability and basically earn more money. So at this point, we are working with uh, two types of business loans. The first one is like real estate uh, loans, and another type is like uh, loans for businesses that uh, can pledge like uh, some kind of uh, equipment or other type things. So the interest rates, but I'm talking about the historical interest rates uh, so far have been 13.1%, but of course the number is decreasing right now. We have, I could say the investors could earn from 10 to 11% and might expect, expect in the longer term have uh, lower interest rates. Of course, as um, many companies, sometimes there are like delayed loans or delayed uh, interest payments, but uh, uh, so far we didn't have any company that haven't repaid the loan or refinanced the loan. So that is like a nice number for us. Right now we are working with, I could say, two, three different markets. We have an offices in, in Latvia and Estonia, so we are expanding country by country. So that would be like a brief explanation about uh, Northrit. I think more we are going to tell during the conversation. Yeah, very good. Thanks for that intro. Let me just start off with the defaults because that's on many investors' minds this year, especially with platforms going bankrupt themselves or being scams. And then we had COVID and many loans started getting problematic. So I've seen some platforms where things get delayed indefinitely, but they never declare that it's in default when loan is in default or a project is in default. So how do you deal with where's the cutoff point for a certain project to be declared bankrupt or sorry, in default and then for proceedings to start in recovering those funds? I think because we started about the companies that go bankrupt and, and some of them have like a lot of defaulted loans. So one thing that separates or I could say differs the Lithuanian crowdfunding market it is a fully regulated market. So peer-to-peer -peer lending and crowdfunding platforms must fulfill the obligation to have certain amount of capital in order to open an account. We must provide quarter-based reports. There might be like some checkings by the Lithuanian Central Bank. So basically, it's a bit different market compared to Latvia or Estonia or other countries. Uh, we are more prepared than this one thing. Plus, I think one thing that differs us, uh, we get like a lot of business requests. If you're taking uh, as an example, December, we almost had around 100 business requests this month. We had accepted only one business loan that was provided for the investors. So quite tough uh, due diligence in our case. We do not accept uh, a lot of loans in order to earn uh, quite nice commissions. But for us, the most important is uh, uh, the security for the investors. We previously mostly worked with only uh, the business loans with uh, real estate pledge. So investors that invest in such a type of a loan, they always are like, uh, if it is like first rank, uh, Pledge, so basically we are standing the first in, in the line. But uh, another thing is, um, of course, uh, it depends on many other things like um, how to evaluate the business uh, loan taker or the business that wants to get the loan. 
we all, of course we always check information we have like a database for businesses and uh, for private individuals so basically we check the credit history of of such a company we check the credit history of the director we check the information in let's say in the social networks google and other stuff and that's why a lot of uh, business loans are not accepted on on north street regarding the delayed uh, payments for interest it, it's, I, I could say, a natural thing, depending on the type of a loan. It might be A, B, sometimes C, but that's quite a rare case. So um, you can expect to have like some amount of uh, uh, delayed uh, payments. But in, in our experience, since 2018, we didn't have any defaulted loans. So all the business loan takers that decided to take a loan at North Street, they later refinanced the loan because for them, it's um, if you pledge some kind of uh, property or it might be a land, if it is quite liquid, I mean, if it is like in, in Vilnius Center, so for them, it is not uh, uh, normal to... To lose such a such type of property because we're gonna sell it like 50 percent of uh, of their value so for investors it's good because we can earn additional uh, payments overdue payments that uh, at north street are 0.2 percent per day and another thing is uh, for the loan taker it would be quite a bad experience because we would lose a property that is quite uh, liquid in, in in our market you mentioned that out of 100 applications, you chose only one. Yeah. How do you justify then spending so much time processing these applications if you're going to choose just one in this case? Yeah, but you mean if we would choose like five that not going to pay the interest rates, so that is very bad for the peer-to-peer, -peer, for the crowdfunding platform. Yeah, the I mean, but for the industry. platform itself, how does it make sense to go through so many applications, waste time just to choose one? No, it's not a wasting time. If you choose a proper one and you earn commissions on that one, so you... You always, if you are talking about marketing activities, let's see. So you, you spend some money on the, getting the, the loan applications, basically, then you evaluate those ones and then you provide this information for the investors. So if you get, let's say, a loan of 40,000 or 50,000, you get some kind of a commission. So you earn money. You can spend like a, a more time on the, getting more applications in a longer time, but I mean, at this point, we had like one application, but it might, some of them might convert uh, during the December. So we're going to see how this one. All right. So with that introduction in place, I would like to pass on to my dad, who's, who will take on the role of a beginner investor who's just landed on North Street yep. for the first time. And, you know, the typical questions that maybe an investor might have. Definitely. Thomas, good afternoon. Um, I'm Joe. I'm John's father. As he said, I'm 64 years old, an ex-chief financial officer, looking out for um, investment opportunities. And I think that there are many others like me <laughs> around Europe, not only in Europe, but across the world. And uh, obviously, um, such platforms are quite intriguing for us um, because there are plenty of opportunities. And interestingly is that uh, the Baltic states uh, at the moment, uh, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, offer a lot of opportunities. And um, it's quite interesting how these are mushrooming in that area. Maybe 
because of uh, your background education, maybe because you're quite assimilate languages very quickly, it seems. You speak very good English, all of you, it seems as well, um, uh, which is very positive. I come from Malta. Uh, Malta is a small uh, country, a little bit smaller than, than these three uh, states. We depend a lot also on financial services and possibly the Baltic states as well. Um, you have been set up as from February 2018, right? Yes, correct. This is quite uh, an achievement from what I've seen uh, through your website and from what you have told us. What made you come up so so quickly? I mean, it seems that you muscled up your way uh, against your competitors relatively quickly. Uh, I think in one thing that uh, differs us basically from our competitors in Latvia and Estonia that the markets are not regulated. So it means the platforms that started working in, in those markets, we had like a nice uh, possibility to present for the investors, but at this point in Lithuania, it's a fully regulated market. So for investors, it looks more attractive compared to other markets in Latvia, as an example, or in Estonia, because the platforms must provide and they must have specific amount of capital in order to start such a company. The platforms that operates in Lithuania must as well provide the reports for uh, definitely for Lithuania and Central Bank. And that gives like more extra security for the investors. At the same time for investors, it's an attractive model, I could say, because you can invest in business loans with a real estate pledge, sometimes with other type of pledge. So you get like a real collateral. <laughs> that is in many cases, uh, sometimes like 50% of the value of a property or land or something like that. Another thing is um, why it is quite attractive thing, because as an investor, I could say you can decide in which properties to invest, in which business to invest, to which uh, to provide, I could say, the, uh, the loan and basically earn on those things. And uh, during the, the beginning or the start of such a peer-to-peer -peer or crowdfunding platforms, the market, it's quite an innovative way to attract the funding, plus quite an innovative way to earn money. So for investors, it, it gets the attention at one point. Another thing is it allows you to earn quite nice returns. If you're talking about the North Street, the historical interest rates or historical returns on investments at this point are 13.1%. So it's a really nice number compared to other like traditional financial products. So basically the platforms that operate in Lithuania, we have like a nice competitive advantage compared to other platforms, crowdfunding platforms that operates in other markets like Latvia or Estonia, where some like scams have been uh, during the last years. So the platforms are fully regulated. The platforms must fulfill capital requirements. The platforms must provide the reports for Lithuanian Central Bank. And we cannot like just open a limited liability company, put the two and a half thousand euros in shares capital and provide the information for investors or in, in investment opportunities. So it gives like additional security in this one case. And if we are talking especially about the crowdfunding business with real estate or real estate loans, so it gives an extra security for investors because there is like certain type of, of a property, it might be a land, might be a re real estate, a house or something like that.
So that I think um, the three main things, nice interest rates, regulation, and basically an innovative product compared to other financial things. The other platforms, more or less, um, the Baltic states offer the same kind of services, most of them. People look, for example, at who's behind the platform. Something that I couldn't find on your website. Yeah. So we actually one thing we changed the website. We previously had this one information, uh, but right now it is going like uh, to become more user friendly. We are thinking about presenting this information in in a nice and user friendly way. Another thing is as the platform is fully regulated, so the shareholders of a company must provide information to the Lithuanian central bank. And if the shareholders are not like a good reputation, such a platform cannot like operate, especially if a director is a bad reputation person. So this information can be found in Lithuanian uh, central. Yes, this is extremely important. People look for this. Actually, this is why I asked the question. Another question with regards to regulation. Do you have to deposit some funds uh, with an independent custodian, which is uh, supervised by the authorities? Yeah, so in order to start a crowdfunding platform in Lithuania, you must have a capital of at least 40,000 euros. It's one thing. Uh, another thing is, I think, what gives an extra security for the investors, the amount that are raised from the investors to a specific real estate project or business loan, it's in a separate business account. So it means the, the money is separated from the company. We cannot use it for our personal use. We cannot use it for company development or platform development. So that's like two main things. Plus, I think another thing besides the capital requirements, it also such a platform must uh, provide the reports, quarter-based reports to the Lithuanian Central Bank. And, and it might come at any point to check how the platform is working, how it is operating, uh, how the loans are issued, uh, is, it, is the platform following the procedure and so on. And uh, if you are in breach of any regulation, what would be the next step? Uh, would you get your license revoked or would you be stopped from doing further business? Because then you would yeah. have business that is still going on. And therefore, I, it wouldn't be fair, I think, on your so, existing investors to uh, to be terminated, sort of. I think the procedure is clearly presented by the Lithuanian Central Bank. One thing, if they have like some suspicion uh, about the specific platform, we do specific um, checking on the platform. It might take up to one month, I could say. And after that, during uh, the checking, we, we tell all the things that are not good in your platform, what uh, what you need to improve. And if there are like a lot of uh, bad things going on the specific platform, we definitely might take like specific uh, things to do. To, to. But uh, the main thing, if you are talking about what would happen if the platform cannot, let's say, operate, there are like very big things that need that are needed to change. In such a case, definitely uh, uh, the Lithuanian regulator would put like a, another administrator who would uh, definitely manage the platform. Okay. And, uh, you lose control of, of your yeah, business. Okay. You, you couldn't uh, do your business in, in Lithuania anymore, a crowdfunding business. Good. I, I think it's important, this this regulation, because uh, it puts people people's mind at rest. Therefore, coming back to your organization, 
how big is it and uh, what kind of expertise do you hone inside i mean and possibly you also uh, make use of consultants as well yeah i think nowadays it's quite different business compared to like uh, 10 years ago or 15 years ago especially if it is a digital business so some of the uh, activities you outsource especially if it is like it services or marketing activities you want to find the best persons in the market who could provide the, the best i could say expertise it might be lawyers it might be it persons or or other stuff so we have more than 10 persons right now as part of Wilson's work in IT, we outsource this one service. So we, we we basically manage our platform and build it, uh, test all the stuff, test all the features in order to provide the best solution for the users. We have like uh, several persons that are working in, in the company, especially for us, it is very important to provide a good uh, loans for, for investors. So in such a case, uh, we have uh, three persons who are working with uh, business loans applications, evaluating those ones, checking the information about loan owners. We have also an agency that we are working with in order to provide a nice um, I could say visual thing stuff in, in social networks and uh, Google and other things. So we have, in, if you're talking with the persons that we are outsourcing our services, so we have more than 10 persons right now. Okay. And what about your background, your own personal background? Yeah, I have, uh, as I mentioned, I started uh, to work in crowdfunding and peer-to-peer -peer lending business in 2015. So it's uh, more than five years in this one sector. Previously, I have been working with different peer-to-peer uh, -peer lending and crowdfunding platforms. Basically, I saw like uh, how the market changed, especially in Baltic states, how many platforms came there, how many like uh, new players uh, came there, how many big companies uh, I could say grew in this one sector, especially in Latvia and Estonia. So my personal background comes from crowdfunding and peer-to-peer -peer lending. I also have like a master's degrees in finance and accounting. I finished my master's studies in, in Denmark in 2014. So that would be like my main activities. I'm coming to borrowers, the borrowers that you have. First question, a basic one. Why should they come to you instead of going to banks? or raising a bond, for example, because they surely they would get a lower interest rate. Now, you go for short to medium term loans, right? Between six months, three years, something like that, if I understood well. Going to a bank might take a long, quite a long time because of the rigorous due diligence. But some people wonder, how come that these borrowers come to you? Is it because the due diligence is less rigorous. Why should they pay higher rates of interest instead of going to banks? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, they pay higher interest rates compared to banks. And that's why investors come to such a crowdfunding platforms. That's not like uh, something what we are hiding. Another thing is what uh, like borrowers are looking for. We want to get the loan fast. If they are building like some kind of a real estate project, or maybe if they want to get additional working capital in order to buy some kind of a property, and they are pledging like some kind of a property at some point. So one thing is they are ready to pay higher interest rates in order to get the money fast. 
I could say, if we have all the documentation prepared, if we like financial reports are nice, if a property that we are pledging is quite liquid, we could get like from two to four weeks uh, the money in. So that's uh, why we are interested in. Another thing is uh, compared to other uh, like institutions, mostly what we work with small or medium borrowers we do not have like a very big borrowers that have like 200 or 500 employees those ones definitely go to banks and it's quite hard to compete with those ones but small borrowers or medium borrowers we need definitely money very fast and that's why we are looking for alternatives where to get those money once we like if we build like some kind of a property and later they refinance that loan, we definitely go to a banking institution or credit union or some kind of that one. So for them is to get the money as fast as possible. And for us at some point is to evaluate the possibility how we're going to repay those on money, even at a, like given high interest rates that are like presented for investors. Therefore, um, do you have a lot of borrowers who come to you? pay initial high interest rates until the project is completed. Then they refinance with a bank. Once the project is up and going, obviously the banks would uh, put their mind at rest that the money will come in. And uh, maybe it would be a better proposition for the banks at that point, at that point in time. And therefore, the higher interest rate possibly is due to the fact that you would be lending money to uh, somebody who say buys a piece of land and develops it obviously there is a development risk then the uh, execution risk uh, the risk and in, in getting you know the rental coming in or else selling part of it um yeah i, I can understand this um with regards to the uh, nationality of the borrowers quite uh, intrigued by the fact that you have uh, from what I could pick up, Lithuanians, Latvians, Estonians, Polish, and also, uh, which was quite surprising, I found a project in the USA. Therefore, let's start with your, go back a bit, start with your name, North Street, because initially I thought that it was only meant for the northern countries, um, being the name North Street. I don't know if there is any connection at all, possibly not. But uh, going to the USA, doesn't that expose you to the risk that you wouldn't know that territory um, that well to assess, you know, uh, the viability of a project and uh, to carry out the due diligence? Yeah, I could say most of the projects that comes to North Street definitely at this point are from Lithuania because we are operating this on the market. But besides this one, we recently expanded to Latvia and Estonia. So that's why you can see some more uh, borrowers coming from those countries. And you're going to see more borrowers coming in the near future. We have an offices in Latvia and Estonia. So that's why we're expanding country by country. Another thing, if you're talking about the USA borrower, so basically that was like one-time case. The person that... the company or the businesses that we offered a loan basically is not from USA it's it's from Lithuania so he's uh, working with a lot of uh, I could say real estate loans in different countries and that was like 
one of uh, his projects in the United States of America. Besides this one, we haven't like uh, provided any loans in the United States of America. But in the future, I think we're going to go to other countries, as you mentioned, like North Street sounds like Scandinavian countries. So you might see our uh, new projects coming from other Scandinavian countries. Therefore, um, you plan to go international in a yeah, big way. Yeah, definitely. Investors are like one side, but as a marketplace, North Street, of, of course, is looking for the countries where the there would be like a possibility to originate the loans. With regards to the Baltics, when I speak to investors, typically traditional investors would be looking more maybe at Western Europe. And then I tell them about the possibility to invest in the Baltics and get better returns. And invariably the question is like, we don't know anything about that market. Is it even safe to invest there? How would you talk about this opportunity? One thing is like if you're talking about Lithuania, so it's becoming quite a big financial center in European Union. A lot of financial companies or e-payment providers or banks or specialized banks are coming to Vilnius, uh, getting the licenses and trying to operate in all European Union. So it's getting recognized in European Union and it's going to be, I think, recognized more in the near future. Another thing, if we are talking about the Baltic states, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, those markets are expanding. It's uh, becoming, I think, in the next 10 years, it's projected to expand, especially in, in real estate terms. So the price of uh, property or land going to increase in this one case. That's what it is projected. Another thing is uh, we see, even if we take uh, Lithuania as an example, we see uh, the persons that are coming from quite uh, uh, similar, I couldn't say similar, from near countries like Belarus or Ukraine, and those persons are starting to work in our country. At the same time, there is like the need for a new property to be built in, in this one region. And there are like some kind of uh, projections on or forecasts that like, as an example, Vilnius is going to expand like 30% in the next 20 years. So. Uh, the, the possibility and the turn, the possibility to earn higher returns in those markets is, I could say, expanding. We're gonna see, we're gonna see what what will happen, of course, in the near future. But the projections and the forecasts are promising. Okay, sounds good. Uh, with regards to the average returns, you mentioned that um, although at the moment the average is around thirteen percent, going forward you expect the return to go down. Now, there is a big question mark here. I think that the after effects of COVID can can have an impact. Now, if the world economies continue to, to suffer, possibly the rates of return might go down because there aren't too many opportunities. On the other hand, the risk goes up of a project. And as we know, interest is a function of supply, demand, risk. Therefore, how, how are you seeing it panning out when you say that you are expecting these returns to go down? Is it because there would be more supply of money? Is it because the risk is expected to go down? 
Yeah, if you're looking at more matured markets like United Kingdom, United States of America, so the interest rates at peer-to-peer lending or crowdfunding platforms are much lower. And one thing is why it happened, even with the COVID situation. One thing why it happened is that uh, uh, the competition grew, especially in crowdfunding and peer-to-peer lending platform. If you have like three platforms operating in this one sector, so those platforms can uh, provide higher interest rates for investors. But we have like 50 platforms uh, operating in this one sector. And definitely, they start to compete on the interest rates for the borrowers. Because if you don't have any borrowers on your platform, for investors, it's not interesting to stay in such a platform. That is one thing why we're going to see the decreasing amount of uh, the interest rates in the near future. I could say from two to, f- to five years, it's going to drop, not drastically, but uh, like uh, several uh, percent definitely. So another thing is, as you say, if you're talking about very big real estate developers, so definitely it might be that in the near future, you're not going to be like a lot of projects that are going to be built in the Baltic states, but if we, mostly we work with uh, smaller real estate developers or some kind of uh, businesses or medium businesses. So there the competition isn't uh, as high as definitely with uh, huge uh, real estate developers that definitely go directly to the banking institutions. So basically, I think uh, the main thing is in this one sector is definitely the competition that's going to rise in, in the near future. And that's why uh, the platforms uh, try to decrease the interest rates in order to get uh, more and more borrowers who would like to come to their, uh, their solutions, definitely. Uh, it is hoped that the due diligence remains priority. Yeah, definitely. Yes, it's good, it's good to have borrowers coming in. <laughs> On the other hand, uh, you have to sift them out. When you were comparing with the UK, do you think that part of disparity between the UK and the Baltic states is attributable to the country risks um, that um, are perceived. For example, the UK is perceived to be a safer bet than some other countries, maybe. And uh, going forward, do you think that the Baltic states, that people will understand more and more going forward? Do you think (laughs) that the perceived risk would go down? Definitely one thing that differs all European Union compared to United Kingdom is that uh, they have more experience. The first peer-to-peer lending platform and crowdfunding platform have been in United Kingdom. So we have like, we went through the cycle definitely. Another thing is we have a huge competition in the platform sector and some of the platforms are still working with only real estate development. So it means that um, we have seen some examples in the United Kingdom that uh, when crowdfunding platforms working with projects that are developing and they are presenting their future LTV values for investors that sometimes are nonsense, I could say. So that's not a good thing. But what we see mostly in Baltic countries, the crowdfunding platforms are working with uh, businesses that offer real estate as collateral. And sometimes they use uh, the money for so some other activities, maybe to uh, expand the working capital and to buy some equipment in order to to get more profit in the future. Another thing is what differs Baltic states from uh, United Kingdom, it's the currency. So if you invest in a British pound, you are also familiar with the currency risk. After the Brexit, the pound might go down, 
by 10% and all your returns uh, during those years will be wiped out. So sometimes you have to take into consideration this one. In Baltic countries, you are not like familiar with uh, currency risks. So you can invest in euros. Plus, I think that the United Kingdom market is much more bigger compared to the Baltic states. They have like a lot of property that can be pledged as a collateral. But at the same time, if you're taking the rate of the growth, especially in the, in the real estate development, so the rate is much more higher in, in, in the Baltic countries. That can be presented, the investment opportunities can be presented for, for investors. Of course, you, as an investor, you take into the consideration to which projects to invest in. You take the consideration to which platforms to invest in. So in my opinion, the most important thing is definitely the security of a borrower, security of a platform that is providing the information, security, how they are managing all the, all the services and so on. Therefore, Thomas, if I understand well, you give a sort of credit rating to your customers, right? To your yeah. projects, which is, which is important. Uh, therefore, the interest rate that you agree upon with with the borrowers is it based on that credit rating how much it goes up or down yeah especially in lithuanian market what i can say we have like special rankings or special requirements uh, set up by lithuanian central bank you cannot like uh, put a, a rating for a company that has a bad credit history because you will be punished by the central bank in the near future so definitely if a company is uh, with a c rate ratio the risk is much more higher and that is uh, should be known by the investors as well uh, that uh, such a borrower has a uh, provides you a possibility to earn more, but at the same time, you have to take into the consideration that there might be some delays or there might be defaults in the future. So, of course, as an investor, I would be all, always looking for much more lower risk, especially when the interest rates are much more higher compared to let's say, other countries in, in Europe. Yeah, it depends as well on the profile of the investor, whether he wants to take uh, high risk or medium risk or low risk. And that rating obviously helps the investor uh, in choosing in choosing uh, the right projects. Um, you you state that the maximum length of the loans is three years, thirty six months, and the maximum loan to value ratio of seventy five percent to allow a bit of a margin, you know, for a quick sale, as well. Usually, the borrowers do they repay the principal? Because they sell the property or they refinance? Uh, how does it work? Yeah, so if you're talking about the real estate loans, so most of the borrowers, they pay only the interest rates on a monthly basis and repay all the loan at the end. At one go. Yeah, so based in many cases, those ones, uh, sometimes we take uh, some kind of a business loan as a collateral, and later we sell, sell the property. Sometimes we refinance, it depends like on the profile of the, of the borrower. But if you're talking about the business loans with other type of collateral, like a car, truck, uh, property, those loans are repaid on a monthly basis. So we pay the principal plus the interest rates. But in such a case, the business loans are much more lower. They can start from 5000 to 50000 at this point maximum. But how do you get a pledge on a lorry for a truck, for example? Is it like a higher purchase where 
the title of the track is on North Street. It's like a hair pair, just sort of, and then eventually it's transferred yeah. once everything is paid yeah, onto North- the borrower. How, how does it work? Yeah, it works the same as you see, but the North Street is like a representative, or I could say the, the agent in this one case. So the, the pledged property or pledged some kind of uh, asset is basically we represent uh, the investors, uh, I could say, uh, desires and so on in such a case. And once the loan is repaid, I could say at the end of a, of a period, so when the property is transferred back definitely to the Um, In terms of pledging of real estate, you you also include this term pawning. Therefore, in Lithuania, how does it work? Because um, it can have possibly different meanings in different countries, uh, the word pawning. How does it work? Uh, Is it simply the title switches onto North Street until everything is paid up and then you simply give it back? And if they don't pay you simply get the ownership? Yeah, definitely. It's the same as you say, because in, in such a case, if, a, let's take as an example, if a borrower takes the loan of 100,000 euros and pledges the property of 200,000 euros, we have a LTV of 50%. In such a case, if a borrower is not, let's say, is delaying to pay the interest rates at some point, let's say after three months. So every day, such a borrower must pay 0.2% as an overdue payment. And if a period comes back to, let's say, 12 months, and the borrower does not want to repay the loan and does not want to refinance the loan, then the procedure starts. The North Street becomes the representative in such a case and basically does all the service in order to get the money back for the for the, for the investor to get the interest rates that must be paid to the investors plus to get the delayed payments that must be paid to the investors. We have like some kind of the lawyers that we are working with, basically that will take all the procedure to, in order to get the money back for, for the investors. Yeah, but I mean, that's the traditional way of uh, getting security. But when you refer to pawning, what do you mean exactly? I could say my colleague could tell more about this one. If Gimantas comes, uh, so <laughs> is that something uh, you know legally technical? I, uh... Yeah, definitely. Of course, it's legally technical, and that's what <laughs> we are doing. I, I think it's important because, as I told you, it can have different meanings. Um, it's important that in your website, this just a suggestion that I'm making, is that you explain it as well i mean it, it's i can yeah, understand it's, that it's, not everyone would be 100 percent up to date on these technical terms but obviously a potential investor would look at all these things and you specify this methodology of pawning i understand that it gives more security but i'm not sure and this is why i'm asking yeah, definitely. I think the improvements on the website or information, the transparency is necessary, especially for the digital companies, uh, crowdfunding companies or peer-to-peer land. That's what we are doing uh, all the time. And basically, if the investors are asking for such information, definitely we might present this as well. Okay. With regards to investors, you welcome everyone are there countries that are blacklisted um, 
how do you accept or yeah of course w- whether they obviously you might do some know your client exercise on your investors can you please give us some background I think most of the investors that come at this point are from Lithuania. So we are like uh, strong in this one market. We're expanding definitely to Latvia and Estonia. We want to get um, recognition in those own countries as well. But I think there are like blacklisted companies that cannot like uh, investors that cannot come to uh, North Street and basically open an account and start investing because there is a due diligence for investors to open a e-payment account at Paysera definitely and fulfill all uh, the requirements there. So we must provide the information how the money came in to the Bank account, anti-money laundering, yeah, anti-money laundering procedure. I think we mostly what we concentrate and what we are looking investors at this point we are looking most investors that we come from European Union. It might be from any country at this one point because for investors it's important to earn higher interest rates and we can provide this procedure. I noticed that uh, your website is in five languages, right? Yeah. I think um, obviously expanding in the languages uh, expands uh, your reach, no? Yes, correct. So at this point we have like in the offices in Latvia and Estonia, so it's like fully, uh, we are fully backed there. Basically we have a person that can speak in both languages and uh, provide the necessary information for investors in Latvia and Estonia. Uh, but we are looking for other markets as well that, that we could easily open and uh, branches there as well. Not only just translate the website, but provide the full information for investors if they have like specific information or specific questions. Some last questions from my side before maybe Jean uh, would come back with some others. The fees that you earn, from where do you charge the borrowers a fee um, upon acceptance? And yeah. uh, does North Street put in money? Do you put uh, the traditional skin in the game? No, we do not put uh, money skin in the game. Basically, it's uh, the investors that put the money in specific projects. We charge a flat fee for from the borrower. Uh, plus, if the borrower does not like repay the interest rates or repay the loan, definitely we charge uh, the overdue payments that are transferred basically to the investors. Another thing is uh, what we do, we represent uh, uh, the investors, if uh, there are like some specific events regarding the borrowers, if they are not trying to repay the loan, if uh, they don't want to refinance the loan and so on. But uh, what we are getting, we are getting uh, a flat fee from, from the borrowers. Okay, and sticking to Lithuania, if from Malta, I'm from Malta, I invest uh, in a property in Lithuania and they get a year in interest from that loan on that property located in uh, Lithuania. Is there any withholding tax that uh, the Lithuanian tax authorities would expect from me um, who who is investing there in Lithuania? Yes, it is 15% from your profit. Okay, flat. um, uh, It applies obviously to to all uh, countries. Well, from my side, I think... uh, that's it. Uh, it has been quite <laughs> an exhaustive grilling. <laughs> Jean? Yeah, I just had a question about the 
how you accept transfers of money to the platform and back towards the investors. I know there were, you work with Paysera, uh, but I don't know if it's necessary to have a Paysera account for, for this purpose. Yeah, for investors, it's necessary to have a PCR account. For us, it's like additional due diligence because we can see if the investor passes the PCR. So basically, it fulfills all the anti-money laundering things, KYC things, and so on. So we are more secure in this one case. Talking about the money that are transferred to, let's say, to a specific project, and if the investor decides to invest, let's say, 100 euros or 1,000 euros to a specific project, those money adds transfer to a separate bank account basically that we are not uh, using for uh, the platform development or marketing activities and other stuff is definitely uh, those money goes definitely only to the project basically so those if you raise let's say 100,000 to specific projects so those money might be transferred to the business owner or the borrower we can say do you have any plans to expand in the future to accept general bank transfers, not specifically from Paysera? Yeah, we do have, I think it's one of the requirements why we in Lithuania use Paysera by that is set up by Lithuanian central bank. I can say that we want to have our own e-payment solution that would allow basically to for us to accept the money transfers, especially it is very important for international investors. Yeah. So they do not want to open a Paysera. Yeah, because I remember having looked at the platform like earlier this year and when I saw the Paysera requirement, it kind of put me off when compared to other. Now there are so many other platforms and I think it's an extra step for investors. So, yeah, but in, from one side in Lithuania, most of uh, crowdfunding platforms use Paysera. Uh, if you want to invest in the regulated market, you will have to open in the longer term, if you're talking like one or two years, for, so you can expect to have a separate payments or bank account transfers, basically. Cool. And yeah, the last question. I also had a question whether corporate accounts are also uh, yes. allowed. Okay. If you're talking like about peer-to-peer -peer lending and crowdfunding, like crowdfunding uh, since the beginning of 2018, the Lithuanian Central Bank allowed for us to uh, accept the institute, I could say, uh, companies to invest as well. If you're talking about peer-to-peer -peer lending, so still the companies cannot invest in peer-to-peer -peer loans in Lithuania because the Lithuanian Central Bank does not allow that. Okay, didn't know that. My last question would be, that given the overall market with so many different platforms out there, you know, be it mm -hmm. crypto, stocks, P2P lending, real estate, how do you think what you offer fits in the overall investment possibilities for investors in general? I think for, for us, it's good that in 2021, the end of 2021, then going to be like a unified crowdfunding directive in all European Union, because some platforms that operated without a license we will not be able to do that one. We will need to adjust the necessary directives in this market. 
our country prepared for that one since the beginning. So especially in peer-to-peer learning, we started in 2016 with a peer-to-peer learning licenses. Now we have crowdfunding licenses, so we are more secured. We have more experience in this one field. It's good that the directive is coming. Plus, I think what is uh, nice for, for investors, we still can offer quite good returns, uh, offering uh, secured investments with real estate pledge. So that's a nice thing. And we see like a potential, especially in Baltic countries and uh, Scandinavia countries, where it's possible to offer a nice uh, borrowing opportunities uh, or a nice investing opportunities for investors with still still with uh, good returns in this one sector. So we think that some bad players will not be able to participate in this one market. And we expect that such a platforms without licenses will not be able to participate in this one sector, and uh, some other players. Will but uh, providing a good services, uh, we expect it to grow in the near future. Very good. Okay, then I think, yeah, from my end, that would be all. I don't know if you wanted to mention some upcoming new features in the platform or some particular projects. Yeah, recently I think uh, what uh, we did and presented for investors, and it is nice because as the market in Lithuania is regulated, we couldn't offer an auto-investment solution. The Lithuanian bank didn't allow that one. So recently we started to offer an auto-investment solution for investors. We can specify, let's say, the specific amount we want to invest in. And later the auto-investment robot definitely will provide and invest instead of those ones. So that's what we presented as well we recently presented a secondary market opportunity so basically the investors can definitely buy or sell the loans once those loans haven't like reached the length of the the period basically so for investors it's much more liquidity at the same time for others it's an opportunity to buy sometimes the investments or loans at a bit cheaper price so and projects of course uh, the projects right now we are often from three different countries mostly from Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia okay excellent yeah I mean secondary market is very important for liquidity especially with real estate where things can you know things can take longer and if you need money earlier than that secondary market can be a good opportunity to exit And as you mentioned, we've seen a lot of people, especially this year, taking advantage of secondary markets where other investors needed money quick and were offering their investments at a discount. So those who had the cash in hand were able to get even higher returns. If you're active in this one sector, you can sometimes earn a bit more than you would invest in primary market. Yeah. Okay, then. So thanks a lot for joining us, Thomas. Thanks for watching. Good luck with the platform. (laughs) Thank you. Good luck, Thomas. Thank you. So there we go. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Thomas and Nord Street. I highly encourage you to give us some feedback about the previous episodes and this episode as well. And if you like what we've been producing, please leave us a review on iTunes. It would be very, very helpful for us to know how we're doing. And, you know, you can reach out to us at podcast at mastermind.fm if you would like to have any type of suggestions or want us to interview someone in particular, please do reach out and stay safe and we'll see you in the next episode.